Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. I was intimidated by the fact that I don't know how to drive a ride, and I have to. So around age 18, 19, I have to learn how to ride bicycle. And everyone I ask to help me learn how to ride tells me, you can't, I mean, to go through the experience, you have to get some bruises on your body before you master how to ride a bicycle. At that age, um, it was not a comfortable time to have bruises on me, so it was difficult. But I got somebody to help me teach me how to ride a bicycle without getting any bruises. And within some few weeks, I could ride bicycle, and I was so confident and proud of myself, boasting around, telling everybody, look, I learned how to ride a bicycle, no mark, no bruises on me. And errands that, I mean, I'm not even required, I was forced to go for that errand, to ride the bicycle, stand on the bicycle to show off that, the expert is here. Until one day, I was riding a bicycle on the street and I had the hunk of a big bus behind me. So I turned to look at how close the bus is. And then I realized that I was not taught how to look back. So I lost my balance and realized the bus was so close. Quickly, I have to remember the skills of balancing. But it did not work that moment. The best escape was to dive in the nearby bush. And I had my bruises. Then I realized that I have not mastered it all. Today we are trying to learn about work fit balance and I'm focusing on the book of Daniel. Some lessons from the book of Daniel. I've titled my message, Excelling in Babylon. For us Christians, when it comes to work when it comes to faith in our work. It is very easy to tell ourselves that we are not of the world. We are in the world, but we are not of the world, and quote the scriptures. It is very easy to tell ourselves that all things that you do, as the Bible says, do it as unto God and not unto men. It is easy to quote it. It is easy to have so many scriptures that tells us how to work as Christians. But then we are always faced with challenges with our faith when it comes to work. In everyday work, you are confronted with the sometimes even a basic ethical or the situation of making profit and then also um, squeezing people. Sometimes there are situations where you, you see an advantage, opportunity to make some profit. But then also the question about quality, standards. Because sometimes you have to lower the standards to be able to make your profits. The, even for those in the corporate world, making profit for shareholders as at increasing the salary of workers becomes a tough decision that you have to make. 
It goes just beyond being Christian. Every manager faces this situation. You are confronted with the situation of being a boss to drive the people to get the results. As against being a leader, being a shepherd, to mentor people, to raise people. Sometimes there are situations where people will take you for granted or will take advantage because you try to mentor, you try to help the failing ones to help strengthen them and they take advantage of the situation when you are the boss. Sometimes you are a subordinate and you have an excessive demand from your boss or you try to, I mean we are confronted with everyday situations of our faith where you have to find the balance. What is required of me as a Christian in very difficult situations? But I want to pick a few examples of difficult situations that Daniel went through and see what lessons we can learn from it. One of the difficult and the easy compromises that Christians have made is about the standards. Many Christians get to the work environment and we believe that we are believers, we are God's children, and therefore our spirituality is all that is required. But one basic fact about Christian life and the Christian at the workplace is the example of Jesus. The Bible says that he is fully man and fully God. To leave that balance of being very human and meeting all the best standards that is required of human standards and at the same time not losing your spirituality is one major balance that all of us as Christians every day need to strive for. In the book of Daniel, the Bible talks about how Daniel, a prince from Israel, Babylon, uh, from Judah. When Judah was defeated in war by Babylon, the king of Babylon, which was the superpower of the world and had the best standards of human needs, the best standards when you talk about success, Babylon had it all. And so the king of Babylon decided to recruit some young men from Judah to work in Babylon. And this was the standard. So we read from Daniel chapter 1, 1 to 4. In the third year of the reign of King Jehoiakim of Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and laid siege to it. Within a week, the Lord handed King Jehoiakim of Judah over to him, along with valuable objects from the house of God. Nebuchadnezzar brought them to the temple of his God in the land of Shinar and st stored them in the treasure house. Later, the king ordered Ashpenaz, his chief officer, to bring in some Israelis of royal and noble descent. Now verse 4. They were to be young men without physical defects, handsome in appearance, skilled in all wisdom, quick to learn, prudent in how they use knowledge, and capable 
or seven in the king's palace. They were to learn the literature and language of the Chaldeans. Amen. This was the human standards, the best standards that the king Nebuchadnezzar set for the people that should be recruited. In many companies today, they do management trainees, recruitment, or graduate trainee recruitment, or they recruit people who they believe that those people are good enough to do the job. Many Christians end up falling short because all we know is Kabul. Pray, spirit. But then there are very key standards that are required. And these are some of the standards that Nebuchadnezzar set out. I mean, physique. I have a brother who tried to join the military and he believed he had all the physique that was required. He got there and there was a scar on the leg and they said, because of the scar, <laughs> you are disqualified. But, I mean, we cannot have all the um, physical physique, all of us being standard, but you have to be healthy. The Bible says about Jesus, that the boy Jesus grew in stature. This is God. But then it was very important that his stature matters for the ministry. And so physically, how best you can present yourself. The Bible talks about appearance here. Appearance. Nebuchadnezzar said, apart from the physique, the appearance. They must be handsome. Handsome is um, sometimes the pointed nose. My handsomeness is in my big nose. So it depends. But how you carry yourself, how you carry yourself is very important. You must know where you are going and how you present yourself. Skillful, practical knowledge. There are people who can crack, I always ask, the science and math quiz winners. What are the solutions they are bringing to Ghana? More science, are we getting solutions? I mean, there are people who know, have all the knowledge but implementation is a problem. How do you transform or transfer that knowledge acquired into results? And this is what Nebuchadnezzar asked for. People who are able to transform knowledge to skills. Not that they are just knowledgeable, but they have the ability to use what they have learned on the grounds. They must be smart people. Skillful in all wisdom, quick to learn, prudent in how they use knowledge, and capable of serving in the king's palace. That means that you must have that diplomacy. I was reading an article yesterday where the person talked about how many politicians just messed up when it comes to diplomacy. They are sent to do something, and they are not conscious of the environment. And the right, even sometimes, even the right clothes to wear. The right things to say. So, they get in there and they mess up. We must have knowledge. As Christians, we don't push away knowledge. We don't push away diplomacy. We don't push away the skills that is required in success in this world. We need them. We need all this. Finally, he added communication skills. They, they were to learn the literature and the language of the Chaldeans. We don't just add up just that with what we learn. We have to learn communication. 
what to say at what time. We need to learn. These are requirements for us to succeed in the world. The requirements. So Jesus, Bible says, that had the standards. He had favor with God and favor with men. A balance in his spiritual life. But with all this balance, there were challenges that Daniel faced. So Daniel and his four, three friends had all the qualifications that was required. And therefore, they were recruited into the king's training college. They were to go through and then become leaders. Then they were confronted with their first challenge. Many Christians, we find ourselves in this situation of Daniel. The Bible says in verse 5, the king assigned them fine food and choice wine on a daily basis, ordering them to be trained for three years at the end of which time they will enter the king's service. Verse 8 and 9 says, Daniel determined within himself not to become defiled by the king's menu of rich foods or by the king's wine. So he requested permission from the chief officer not to defile himself. God granted to Daniel grace and compassion on the part of the chief officer. The chief officer told Daniel, I fear his majesty the king, who has determined what you eat and drink. If he notices that your faces are more pale than the other young men in your group, I will forfeit my head to the king. Daniel finds himself in a situation which was very unethical environment. It was in a situation where they are asked to eat food, which the king of Babylon believes that this is the best for them to be very healthy so that they can serve for him. But by his background and what Daniel has been taught by the word of God, Daniel realized that these standards that had been set by Babylon was inconsistent with what God has asked him to do. There are many of us who get ourselves into jobs and then we find ourselves that there are situations which looks very normal, very acceptable. That is the practice here. Growing up in Tema, one common thing we know at the ports, we, we do say this, uh, if you steal from the harbor, that is not stealing. So people get their goods in, and we have clearing agents who are stealing people's goods and believe that it is normal. We get ourselves into environments where the practice there, it is very normal for people to do the wrong, and the wrong has become the norm. You get to the ministries and they say, oh, it is normal here that if you don't pay, you don't get the work done. And over there, every morning, there is morning devotion. But after morning devotion, everybody who comes in for service must drop something. It is the norm. And it is easy to fall, get yourself in an environment where what is the norm is not God's standard. And it is very difficult to stand up against it. So like Daniel asked, the man in charge says, I will lose my job if we should allow what you want to be done. There are situations where when you want to stand out to do the right you create problems for many people. 
because the wrong is the norm. The abnormal is the norm. So what is abnormal has become normal for us. And to change that situation as a Christian is a very difficult thing that most of us find ourselves in. It is very easy to compromise and to say that is the norm. And if you try to change it, you could create offenses and problems for yourself. But Daniel was very careful how he went about it. He was very mindful of his request when he asked. And the Bible says in the last verses of 19 and 20, the results. It's also very important that when we stand out for what is right, we must know what we are looking out for. The Bible says that the end result was that Daniel and his friends, when they were tested by the king, first the one they requested for gave them some few weeks of a test. I will allow your request for this period to see the results. And then when the results was good, then he says, then you can continue. And after the three years education, the Bible says that when the king tested them, Daniel and his friends were ten times better. They were more healthier. So it is not like that of Christians. When, when you call them, it is fasting period in their church. So when you invite them for any interview or any questioning or there is a decision to make, you look at their faces and they look so sick that you have to excuse them. They don't use their spirituality to destroy the work. They use it to promote the work. Amen. This is one environment many of us will find ourselves or finds ourselves an unethical environment. In Daniel chapter 2, we see another challenge that Daniel is confronted with. A very impractical demand. Very impractical demand. A king goes to sleep, gets his dream, wakes up in the morning, and I says, I have very great people, magicians, sorcerers, theologians, everybody here. And anytime I have a dream, I tell them, and they give me interpretation. And we have people, when you go to them now with a dream, they will interpret. There are even books on how to interpret dreams. I don't know whether God has this one way. They say, when you see... Uh, where, where, I don't want to go there. Let me drop that one. Some funny things about interpretation of dreams. So, Nebuchadnezzar has been getting solutions every day. This time around, this dream was so serious to risk. Because the effect of the dream on him was such that he cannot take a risk. So he says, okay, now tell me the dream and interpret the dream. If you tell me the dream I had, like the man whose wife came and got up in the morning and started a fight and said, you insulted me in the presence of my friends. He said, when did I do that? But you insulted me. You have to apologize. So where did I do that? I in my dream. So oh, sorry. I said yes. We have apologized. So sometimes we have this situation where the king had come in and asking for interpretation of a dream he had. Tell me the dream, and add the interpretation. We find ourselves sometimes in situations where the demand. That is 
placed on us at the work. It's so unreasonable that everybody agrees that this is unreasonable demands. And I like what the sorceress and the magician said in verse 9 to 11. They said, sorry, verse 9 to 11, they all came together after the king told them to interpret their dream. Verse 11. Furthermore, what the king is asking is so difficult. This is their answer to the king. Furthermore, what the king is asking is so difficult that no one can reveal it except the gods. And they don't live with human beings. At this point, the king flew into rage and issued an order to destroy all the advisors of Babylon. So the, the people who used to advise the king came in and said, what you are asking for? This one, yes, there is a solution. But that solution lies in the spirit world. It's only God who can reveal and solve this problem. And God does not live among human beings. So you can't have a solution. And there was among them a man filled with the spirit of God. So should he also sing along when everybody has said that there is a solution, but the solution is in the spirit world. If they have said there is no solution, we all agree there is no solution to it. But they went beyond just saying there is no solution to the problem. They said there is a solution. But it takes God to reveal or to bring this solution. And this solution must come from God. But God does not live among people. And you have been confessing that I am filled with the Holy Spirit. God dwells in me. Now people are saying that we need a solution which must come from God. And God does not live among people. You also sing along and say, God does not live among people. It is easier when they have said there is no solution. But the conclusion of what they said points to Daniel. I don't know whether you're getting what I'm trying to say. You are a Christian. You find yourself in an environment. Everybody agrees that there is a problem. But the solution they are preferring lies with you. They are describing you. So it is not like they are pointing directly at you. But they are pointing at your confession. Your confession that I am a believer and the Holy Spirit lives in me and Christ lives in me. That is what they are pointing at. That we need this solution. We can get it only from God. And God does not live among human beings. That is their conclusion. Will you walk away and accept with all of them that God does not live among people? Or do you see a challenge thrown at your doorstep that the confession you have been making every day, a demand has been placed on you? As Christians, sometimes it is easy for us all to turn our back and agree with the world that there is no solution. It is easy for all of us to agree that this is impractical. And there's nothing wrong about that. That is balanced. That is being harnessed. If there's no solution, there's no solution. 
But I don't know where and how this same person tomorrow should come and stand and tell me I have Christ in me and because of that, I don't want to do A, B, C, D. When we were looking for that Christ, where were you? I don't know whether I'm communicating. It is the challenge we face as Christians. It is the reality of our life as Christians at the workplace. Where it is easy to walk away and escape trouble. Because you have peace of mind when you join the crowd and you all agree that this, it can't work. I'm a champion of demonstration. I love them all. I don't look it. But I organize demonstrations. But sometimes it is not the noise. Sometimes it is speaking a different language. Which no one can think of. And Daniel stood up for the occasion. Amen. As Christians, are we falling where the world is falling? Are we failing where the world is failing? Are we singing along every day? Are we singing the same song because the problem is the same for all of us? Or do we have a confession that we have to stand up to? In chapter 3, Daniel was confronted with an ungodly compromise. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their story we know. Because of the chapter 2 story, they were promoted. Because Daniel brought a solution, interpreted the dream, was able to tell the dream, and brought a solution. But going up is more dangerous. When you are down there, it is easier. But as you climb up, it gets more tough as a Christian. So they have become presidents. They have become, in Ghana we we'll say, um, ministers, top ministers, cabinet ministers, not ordinary ministers. In the ministers, there are two groups. There are the ministers and the cabinet ministers. They have become cabinet ministers, prominent, because one of them was able to solve a problem. And one thing about Daniel is he never forgot the people who helped him. In chapter 2, he made his friends join him in fasting and praying. God gave him the solution. He went to deliver the solution and he was promoted. But he told the king. First, he reminded the king, I'm bringing you a solution not because I'm smart. God revealed it to me. So the solution is absolutely from what we have said already, the gods. It's coming from God. That's what everybody has said. And yes, I've gone there and I've brought you the solution. It came from God. And Nebuchadnezzar confessed at the end. He says that this is a man who has the spirit of God in him. It wasn't Daniel who went to say, King, I have the spirit of God in me. I shall prophesy on you. And by the end of the day, you shall see. No, he didn't go there. He went in and prayed. And when he came, he humbled himself and said, I have a solution, but it is coming from God. This is your dream. And this is the interpretation. And the king said, this is a man who has the spirit of God in him. And based on that, Daniel said, okay, 
I have some people who helped me to get God to give me the solution. If you are pushing me here, I need them to be around me. So Daniel and his friends got that promotion. But it brought trouble. In chapter 3, King Nebuchadnezzar has gotten into his things again. And now he has made an idol which represents him. Everybody bow to me. Somewhere, somehow, Daniel was missing in the picture. Because of his position, nobody noticed him. He didn't even come to play. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who did not go to interpret dreams, and yet got promotion, found themselves confronted with the challenge of the position. They are prominent, they are being seen, and now they must show example. Bow to the king. As Christians, we find ourselves where favor puts us in some positions. But are we prepared for what goes with it? There were people who were very good Christians until they got promoted. They're like man who came from the village to the ministries. Saw the beautiful girls and said, hey, how can we survive in this environment? And he did not survive. Can we stand the test of the promotion that we are asking for? Will we compromise on the standards? Or will we stand for the standards? At this moment, it was just not an ordinary standard. It was a standard where when you fail to compromise, you could lose your job. You could lose all the favor you have. We find ourselves in those situations many times. When you are not at the top, you don't feel it much. Sometimes it is easy to criticize our bosses. They go there and they sit there like mumu. They won't say anything. They can't tell their bosses that this is wrong. When you get there, you realize that it is easy to nod your head <laughs> than to say, no, I disagree. Because your job is online. Your honor is on the, on the line. For their case, their lives were online. They stood for what they believe in. They did not believe that necessarily God would save them. This is one of the greatest confessions in the scripture. We know that God is able to save us. But even if he will not, we will not bow. And they started, they said, King, we are not too careful how to answer this question. That means that we are not going to think there's no compromise to make. It is not something we are finding a way around it. There can't be a way around it. We have come to the point where we can't find a way around it. We better face the facts. We'll be asked out and we are ready for it. In their case, it ended well. They were thrown in the fire and the king saw the fourth man who has always been with them. You have that fourth man with you. He says that and I threw three people into the fire, but I see a fourth man. And the appearance of the fourth man is like the son of God. This is a one who does not know God. But when he saw the son of God, he recognized him. 
The Jesus you have been confessing that he is with you always. Will he be manifested in the most difficult times? Or will it be easy for us to join the crowd and call it wisdom? It is easy to say, Charlie, it is wise. Save your head. Why will you die like a fool? It is easy to go that way. But in that case, Christ is not manifested. The Bible talks in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 about the men of faith. Men and women of faith. So for some of them, they died. The success story is that they lost their lives. Some lost their Hannah. Some lost everything they have worked for. We are not only called to rejoice with Christ, but also to suffer with him. Sometimes, the call and the demand of standing for Christ and raising him is not just by our confession that we are Christians, but the willingness to lay down our lives for his cause. Let me end on this note where sometimes even because of Daniel's position in chapter 6, there were man political manipulations. Remember the story of the lion's den. I mean, this is one story that when I think about, I wonder, what was Daniel thinking? And that's the question many of us will ask. What was he thinking? Today, with hindsight, we read the story. I tell you, if I was there, filled with the Holy Ghost, without listening to what the Spirit will say, I will criticize Daniel as a bad example. They said nobody should pray to the king, to any god, for a period. If you need anything, go and ask the king. Then you go and open your window. Because by the tradition and the requirements of the Jews, every Jew when praying must face Jerusalem. Just like the Muslims pray facing the east, Jews pray facing Jerusalem. Wherever you are, you must try to find where Jerusalem should be and then face Jerusalem. And he has been practicing this for all his years. Open his window, face Jerusalem, and pray. Then the order comes. No more praying for one month. That's why when you close the window, God will still see that you pray. That is the common sense we will all ask for. If Daniel, the story had ended, so Daniel was chewed into the lion's den and was chewed by the lions, we would all went study the Bible, emphasize that he did a foolish thing. We will all be confronted one way or the other with situations which are so dicey. Where people manipulate the system. Where they want to bring you down. And clearly you know that this structure is just for me. Will you sing along? Will you play the political game? Or will you stand for what you believe in? It is not an easy decision. Look, it is very easy to preach it. 
That's the easiest part to preach it, to live it. Somebody said one thing about the faith, Christian faith, is that people can speak for it, people can defend the faith, people can even die for the faith. What is difficult is to live for this faith. We need grace. And we must count on God for every day of our lives. We must trust God that he is faithful who has called us. And he that has begun a good work in us would definitely, definitely bring it to a good conclusion. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.